You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast. This week, I'm joined by Claire Fanner. Claire is a marketing and business development professional uh, who now works as a freelance consultant, but previously headed up the marketing function at two regional law firms and most recently set up law firm Marketing Club and very kindly invited me to present uh, to your members, Claire. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Thanks, David. Lovely to be here. And uh, you got the intro spot on. I know you were worried about that. So well done. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to be talking today uh, inevitably about marketing, uh, which is not law firms' favourite subjects, but we're going to make it the law firm's favourite subject for the next 25 minutes or so. I've done a very short introduction to you. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, and sort of what your specialism is. Yeah, so I've always been in marketing, um, 30 30 plus years uh, of my whole career. I was originally in financial services and I came across to the legal sector 15 years ago. And what struck me from day one was uh, when I came across to law was how law firms were so behind the times when it came to marketing. Um, And and that's not me being judgmental. It's, It's an actual fact. Uh, because law firms weren't able to market themselves for many, many years. Um, Therefore, it will take a while to play catch up. Um, And the firm I joined could see the importance and need for having marketing professionals as part of their team. uh, And and other law firms were at different stages of that adoption. So one of the things that I love and that drives me and what I do is helping law firms to get better results through and by their marketing so I'm passionate about helping firms to do the right stuff that will result in the firms being more successful and it's for the firms to decide what their goals are uh, and marketers can help with that um, and marketers can then help deliver because it's not just about fee income it's not just about lawyers doing everything and running the show from behind the scene scenes it's about a team of people collectively having a, a goal for, and a vision for that firm and then using the different experts from those different disciplines and the marketers are part of that to achieve the results that will help that firm. bit of a long-winded answer, I'm afraid, David, but hopefully it gives you an idea of kind of where I come from. And it's about harnessing the experience of the team there, isn't it, rather than the marketer totally. being the voice of the, the firm. Yeah, t- totally. For, for me, it's all about us working together and bringing the best out in each other and the expertise. So lawyers, whatever their discipline, um, have gone through many, many years to get to the point where they are sitting and giving advice and supporting clients. And they're bloody good at what they do. And there's a lot of technical stuff sitting behind what they do. Well, marketers are no different at a really simple level. The good the good marketers, I'm not talking about people who fall into it and from you know day one are thrown into a marketing role and asked to get on with it, but the professional marketers, which increasingly is, is what law firms have in place, they've spent years building up that knowledge, that know-how, that experience, they've got qualifications, uh, they've tried things out, they've gone on 
training courses, they've talked with colleagues and peers, they've got um, ongoing professional development. So they're exactly the same as lawyers, but just in a different field. So the power of a marketer working with a lawyer um, is incredible and what they can achieve when they get their heads together. And I've seen this shift in my 15 years in the legal sector. Uh, and I've worked, I worked, as you said, uh, as a marketing director in two regional law firms before I went freelance and, and I now consult directly with different firms. So in that time, I've worked with um, over 20 individual law firms on different projects. And the role of the marketer is grown and changed over that time. Uh, and I think the forward thinking successful law firms um, are embracing getting high quality experienced marketing people involved to help them. Um, the firms that, and we've seen this very recently with COVID, the firms that perhaps don't have dedicated marketing resource or do not invest in their marketing have taken a hit and COVID highlighted this um, with some firms really struggling whilst other firms have flown. You talked about the fact that lawyers couldn't advertise and forgive me I forget the year it's, it's sometime in the 80s isn't it? early 80s when it when you actually I can't remember advertise. the precise year but yeah, yeah 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 it was it was very late. Why do you think it is that law firms are still under-resourced in this area? It's an interesting question um, I'm not sure they are under-resourced I think it depends how you define where that resource comes from so and and the answer will depend as well on what firm you're talking about so so we've got some firms that have no dedicated internal marketing resource we've got some firms for example i was talking to a firm last week um, a large regional firm that's got a team of 35 people i mean you know that's that's almost utopia for us marketers wow um majority of firms in fact we just did some research the average number of marketing people in a regional law firm is 3.4 people in the in-house team. Um, the key here, and I think where the underlying sort of uh, purpose of your question is, not every firm has internal dedicated marketing resource or it's a part-time adjunct to an existing role. But if they are investing in external marketing resource, so they do still have that marketing resource, then arguably they've kind of got it covered, if that makes sense. So that's where I come from. I'm not sure they are under resourced. Um, the number of people uh, working, sorry, working in law firms um, in marketing roles appears to be reducing. However, the, the seniority of those people and the experience of those people seems to be increasing, if that makes sense. So. I'm quite encouraged at the thought that that law firms are investing in better quality marketing resource to direct them, to guide them, to help them have the right strategy, to sit at the top table and be part of the decision making. Um, and I suspect what we'll see, especially at the moment with the uncertainty in the world, even though it's been a very um, good couple of years in, in pure terms of business volumes, income, et cetera, for firms, there's a lot of uncertainty with things generally in the world, COVID, wars, Brexit, etc. Um, what I think we'll see is there'll be more outsourced delivery of implementation aspects of the marketing um, to, to, to do the right stuff and to do it well, which, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but for me, the crucial bit is have the right people guiding you in your firm and have the right activities that's underpinned by a strong strategy and plan. 
Um, uh, and then I hope what firms will see is, hey, this marketing stuff works. Let's now invest in having more people in-house. So that's the trend I'm kind of starting to see and hoping will continue. And do you see that that's because marketing, which has always been a very broad brush definition, has become much more specialised. You now specialise in search engine optimization. you specialise in pay-per-click marketing, yeah. whereas previously perhaps you were, uh, uh, you know, more of a, a generalist marketer. Yeah, I think I think that's I think you're spot on there. I think you know, in the good old days, uh, marketers were seen as they organised the annual summer drinks party or Christmas drinks party and put a place our yellow pages ad. Um, you know, and, and thankfully those days are long behind us but the problem with marketing is is perception if marketing is seen as organizing events and placing adverts well most people think well i can organize a party i can organize a drinks get together um but marketing isn't just those things and increasingly with the advent of digital channels people have realized that that actually there is more to this there is a mixture of science and art, um, whereas before people thought it was just, well, you know, chuck a few things together and it'll come together. Um, so I think that has enabled, uh, it, it's delivered a little bit more mystery. So so our lawyer friends are now sort of like, oh, hang on, I'm not so sure I do understand how, for example, social media works or how a website works, or actually why does that advert make the phone ring more than that advert? And so I think the fact that there is this little bit more mystery plays into the marketer's hands when they can say, okay, there is some mystery, but there's method to the madness. There's science that sits behind it. We've got the tools, the techniques, the measurements, the mechanisms to actually do this in a structured way. So so the landscape has changed. That has raised the importance of marketing. And COVID has absolutely played into uh, the strengths of marketers, because in a time of uncertainty, when client expectations are changing, we need to keep closer to our clients. We need to keep closer to how the world is changing around us, what that impact is on the market. And we need to adapt um, and we need to stay visible, but we need to stay visible in different ways. And marketers have, I think, really led from the front in terms of what that means for firms, which has been a positive change at a difficult time. It's interesting we're 10 15 minutes into this discussion and we've not yet mentioned the word sales which is unusual sales and marketing tend to be lumped together uh, perhaps alluding to what you've, you've said there previously Claire about the fact that marketing's you know a much more specialized function now they're different disciplines aren't they sales and marketing yeah uh, very much so I worked at a firm that um, that recognized that and had different people kind of heading up if I call them functions, they didn't have a sales function per se, but they had somebody in charge of the strategy around that. How do we sell? They 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 had coaching, they had support, development, training, et cetera, for lawyers. But they are very different. So, so and, and depending on who you talk to, you'll get a different take on what's the difference between marketing and sales. And I'm not going to suggest that I, I, I'm, I'm the expert in this area. But as I understand it at a really simple level, what our role is is, marketers is about understanding and meeting clients needs wants and expectations and if we think about that in its broadest sense um, that's about research it's about 
content, it's about tone of voice, it's about brand, it's about position, it's about understanding what your firm does and who it who they do it for and what that looks like and then turning all of that into high quality content adverts material websites events etc um, but if you do your job right as a marketer you naturally start to move into the sales territory because and this is where we join up because i i should then be as the marketer um, working closely with whoever is tasked with that bit that says, well, how the hell do we convert them when they phone up? Or how do we actually move from um, uh, broadcast marketing, for example, to more tailored marketing? And this is where typically in a law firm, they call it business development. And that's where we start to blur blur the lines between marketing and sales and so on. Um, and, and every firm does this differently. Increasingly, firms are investing in specialised people to help with their business development specialised um, outsourced resources and support to make that bit where a client or a potential client first contacts a firm who, who handles that initial call, who handles that initial inquiry, what are their skills. Um, and as marketers, we need to blend all of that. So there's a point where we're, we're not necessarily taking the lead, but we have skills to um, contribute to shaping what that looks like. You worked in a multidisciplinary practice. Can you share some of your experiences of, of creating that high quality and engaging content and marketing uh, and any lessons that you, you kind of learned along the way? Yeah, so over, over the years, we've done everything from that, that every firm's done from producing bits of literature that, ju that just say, here's what we do and who we do it for, to um, trying some slightly different um, approaches in terms of engaging with people in different ways, whether that's physically in person at, for example, trade shows. Um, from a conveyancing perspective, um, it always was, and I suspect it always will be, um, really, really important to build the right relationships with people. Um, and that's referrers, people who are referring work to us, that has been and research we've done recently shows continues to be the number one source of um, new clients or where we're going to get our business from and it's either from the professionals or it's from family and friends so so for me the things that work really well and and we ran a campaign for a law firm during covid times that got highly commended by the law society and their recent awards um, and the focus of that campaign, and I think this is this rings true going back through all the years of everything I've ever done, is high quality content. You'll be delighted to hear me say that, David. And you haven't you haven't set me up to say that, but I believe in it. <laughs> high quality content that helps people understand what you do, how you do it, how you can help them, what they should expect. So you're managing expectations at every point, um, and that content, how that gets delivered. Will depend on who you're targeting, who your target audience is, what stage they're at, either in in a legal matter or what they're looking for. So, is that a physical document? Is it a piece of content online? Is it a a face-to-face -face, um, meeting at a trade show or or, or similar? Um, but ultimately, it's about having that high-quality content and managing expectations. Communications are absolutely key. Um, and the, and the um, campaign that I alluded to that was run during COVID times um, was basically 
um, highly visible, lots of little snippets of helpful content that sort of says, if, if, if this is your situation, here's what you might want to do. If this is your situation, here's how we can help you. Now, it was never directly selling. It was always directly informing. And it got so much engagement relative to other other things we tried in the past um, that it was an incredibly successful campaign. But the feedback we then got from people who came to that firm and bought, if you like, we got so many more reviews than we'd ever got previously because they felt engaged, they felt informed, they felt involved, they felt looked after. Um, and, and so our goal as marketers is to really um, make get in touch with our emotions, get in touch with the emotions of our clients and put ourselves in their shoes uh, and be real, be authentic. Um, and if we can do that both in how we talk to them, how we communicate with them, but most importantly, how we act with them and how their whole matter is handled then uh, we will have far more recommendations coming off the back of that as a result of looking after them and doing a good job. Lawyers have always been very good at doing the legal stuff, less good at the hand-holding and looking after people. That's a really interesting point, Claire. You can certainly point the finger at marketers uh, at times for what appear to be concepts that are made up. Um, I remember the first time I ever heard the word client journey. I thought, what on earth is this? This is this is one of these useless marketing phrases, isn't it? But interesting that you say that marketers are now towards the top table of a law firm and therefore influencing these things because it's a critical part of client management, client service, client care, whatever you want to call it. That client journey starts, as you say, with those first interactions with the organization all the way through to, you know, actually on a conveyance completion. And uh, I was chatting to somebody the other day about the way that digital has helped um, client mm. onboarding, another marketing phrase. Uh, yeah. And actually, you know, the, the, the use of, for example, digital identity checks was the example that we were talking about smoothed that client journey and actually made the law firm look much better to the, to the end client because they were yeah. doing it was a more modern methodology it was a methodology that they're more familiar with because their banks use it you know if you open a bank account these days you you, you do digital identity checks it's as much about making that outward appearance of the law firm appear modern totally um if we think about the experiences we're having day in day out and um, how we react and respond to those experiences. So I live in a tiny little village in the middle of nowhere, not far from Stonehenge uh, in Wiltshire. Um, I can place an order with Amazon tonight at nine, 10 o'clock at night. And this, whatever it is I've ordered could be delivered by nine o'clock the following morning to me in my tiny little village in the middle of nowhere. Um, now, we're not Amazon. Law firms are not Amazon. I'm not suggesting for a second that, that we have to suddenly do be able to deliver that quickly. However, our clients are experiencing that in most of their other daily aspects. And I've just used one example, you know, ordering food from a supermarket, um, uh, g getting an appointment um, to see another professional, et cetera, et cetera. What what we have now is a world and a culture where immediacy is is more important to people so if they want help with something now and they try and phone you now and you're not available 
they're probably going to phone somebody else. And if that somebody else is available, they'll probably go with that somebody else, assuming that initial call is handled appropriately. So it creates challenges for us in our sector because expectations have changed, but it also creates huge opportunity for the law firms that embrace that. And that doesn't mean we have to suddenly make ourselves available 24 seven. We've done research recently, and this is through the Law Firm Marketing Club, um, where people are, are expecting 24 seven access to, to law firms or more people are expecting it than, than aren't. What that's not saying is lawyers have to work 24-7. What that's saying is law firms need a mechanism in place to be able to respond and react to clients and manage their expectations. So if if I, I don't know, have an emergency tonight at eight o'clock and I think I need to speak to a lawyer, um, even if I can't get hold of one, if I get somebody who just says, there's no one currently available, but I will get somebody to call you at nine o'clock tomorrow morning then I'm reassured, I go to bed sort of thinking, great, I've got somebody on the case that will talk to me about it tomorrow morning. If I can't get hold of somebody, then I keep trying until I can get hold of someone. So we've got an opportunity to look at how we show up, where we show up, without having to sell our souls. Um, and I think that's really crucial. And you made the point just now about technology. Technology is there to help. Um, it will not take away the important job that our lawyers do, that our conveyances do, that requires their their many years of experience, training, et cetera, to do the, the, the difficult um, bits and bobs, the technical stuff, the stuff that needs an expert to interpret it. But technology can help us deliver better service. Technology can help us communicate more effectively. Technology can make us available more often than we might otherwise have been and technology is the enabler um, and it's definitely not going to be replacing lawyers anytime soon but it should help us to do a better job. We're heading towards the end of our time together but I, I have got a final question for you. You've talked about technology there which is definitely one thing that firms should be looking at. Have you any other top tips for firms particularly uh, as the conveyancing market tightens and, and work becomes more difficult to come by? We've done some research through the Law Firm Marketing Club uh, in the last couple of years around client expectations. Um, so over the two years, we've, we've got quite a lot of data. We've got data that compares uh, year on year as well. And we'll be doing the research again later this year. So we're going to build on it. But there's a couple of themes that are coming through that I think law firms need to really think about and focus on. One, one is the technology around the, the, the delivery. And we've, we've covered that. So I'm not going to talk about that. One of the other things that's really starting to stand out is there's a growing generation gap. So expectations of our younger clients versus expectations of clients that are older, perhaps more experienced in buying legal services. Um, and there's a massive, a massive gap that is starting to appear. So I'll use an example in expectations around having access to your lawyer out of hours, for example. Uh, in 2020, when we asked that question, 36% uh, of people expected to have access to their lawyer in the evenings or in the weekends, which is not a massively high number when you look at it across the board. When we asked that same question in 2021, that number had grown to 54%, which is a massive increase in one year. So we need we need to take that on board. But when we take that even further and look at that in terms of our younger generation, that number rose to 70%. There is a growing gap. So I urge law firms to think about and 
start putting in place a strategy for the generations because expectations are changing. So we can't stand still. We need to look at different ways. And the other thing that the generations are showing is they want to be communicated with in different ways. Uh So our over 60s, for example, very happy for email, letters, phone calls and so on. Our under 30s are happy with those, but they also want to see us using things like portals and apps and possibly even things like WhatsApp. Um, None of this says that's what law firms need to do. Law firms just need to take this on board and think about what they need to change and evolve over time. So, So the generation gap. Um, is really important. And the other thing I would say is this this managing client expectations. Conveyances in particular have had a ridiculously busy two years and they have been under a huge amount of pressure and stress and so on with volumes that are going on. And I, and I know because I've seen it on social media that sometimes clients haven't always endeared themselves in their behaviours, in their expectations and so on. But let's just take a step back and remember that that client uh, this is their everything. This is their, you know, their be all and end all. So their their behaviour may not have been great. They might have expected too much from you, but their emotions are very, very high. Um, so let's just think about how we can manage those expectations better as an industry. Um, and that comes down to communications. So it doesn't mean you have to suddenly sell your soul or change what you do in terms of the service, but it does mean that just help those clients understand what to expect from you. So clear communications um, and then ongoing clear communications, technology and that generation gap. Those are probably the areas I suggest people focus on um, and hopefully we'll have happier clients. That's uh, that's really helpful and, and really interesting. Where can people get hold of your research, Claire? They can um, download it from our website, which is uh, lawfirmmarketingclub.com. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, and I would suggest that firms do because I've read it and, it, and it, it's very interesting. Interesting that communication comes up because through this podcast that comes up time and time and time again, mm. whether it's uh, on referrals, whether it's on client care. It is just such an important thing that uh, that law firms need to be thinking about. Claire, it's been Fantastic to chat. Thank you so much for your insight uh, and for your time. The Today's Conveyancer podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider and also on todaysconveyancer.co.uk. Claire, thank you so much indeed for joining. Thanks very much for having me, David. Really enjoyed it. And thank you very much for listening in. Keep your ears out for our next podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.